What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and we are finishing up with our final review of Horror in Review Part 3, Alien slash Space Subgenre. All month, we have been reviewing and watching movies that have aliens and or space horror, so... We are coming to conclusion with this review. Obviously, we are going to conclude the entire review series with a top 10 episode. Uh, we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite alien space horror movies of all time. And we are also going to discuss some other horror movies that we that we liked along the way as well. Uh, so that will be on October 31st. But to conclude the four reviews, the four free reviews that you get... Patreon supporters got two extra reviews. They got Sunshine and Cloverfield. So if you want to listen to my thoughts on those two movies, go to patreon.com slash two game and just support us in any of those tiers and you get access to a not only those two bonus reviews, but a whole bunch of different podcasts, a Wall of Death podcast, which I review uh, music and albums on. Uh, we have the uh, Rants and Raves podcast where I bitch about life and work and all the above but to conclude the series for this year I am reviewing the thing uh that you know before actually you know what I'm gonna save that for my general impressions. I'm gonna save it for my general impressions uh let's go ahead and jump into it because I'm ready to talk about this movie uh the plot a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of of its victims. This was directed by the king of horror, I guess you want to call him, John Carpenter, who has directed The Goat, Halloween, Escape from uh, Los Angeles and New York, They Live, The Fog, The Ward, Ghost of Mars, Big Trouble in Little China, Princess, a uh, Prince of, of Dark, I want to call it Princess of Darkness, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. It has a budget of $15 million, and it grossed worldwide $19.6 million. It stars Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, and Keith David. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 49 minutes, and it was released June 25, 1982. Jumping into the fun facts, Carpenter has stated that out of all of his films, this one is his personal favorite. Uh, the unused music composed for the film was later used for the film The Hateful Eight. And the ironic thing is the score for The Thing, same composer, the score for The Thing won, or was, excuse me, was nominated for a Razzie while The Hateful Eight won an Oscar. So it's kind of crazy. He reused basically a lot of the score and it won an Oscar years later. Uh, Russell took about a year to grow his beard and hair. Carpenter wanted to make a horror film that the creature wasn't obviously played by a by a man in a suit, like Alien, and he specifically mentioned the the movie Alien in that. Uh, Carpenter considers this to be the first of his apocalypse trilogy, uh, with Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness comprising the other two portions of the trilogy. I had never heard of the Apocalypse Trilogy before, so now I'm kind of like, kind of want to go back and, and watch these other two movies to see how they, they kind of fit into a, a trilogy, or what's the connective threads there. So what did I think about 
The Thing. This movie, to me, is why I have the rule that a lot of movies that I that I watch, unless I just absolutely, absolutely hate the movie when I watch it the first time, I will generally give a lot. It's a lot of movies, definitely, uh, but I try to give every movie two watches. And this movie is is the number one reason why I do that. Well, not the number one reason, but there's there's lots of movies that I I've been like iffy on the first time that I watched it, and then I watch it a second time and I absolutely love it. The Witch being one of those. I mean, that is probably the prime example, I guess, when it comes to movies. I watch it the first time, uh, I like it, like it. Watch it a second time with the subtitles, loved it. Watched it again, loved it even more. So I, I try my best to give movies two shots. You have two chances to to make me fall in love with your film. Because to be honest, a lot of watching movies really depends on the headspace that you're in. It depends on your mood, whether you, you want to watch a movie, whether you're just, you know, idly sitting by and just hey, just throw on a movie, whatever, whatever you want to do, you know. It really depends on what you're doing at the time that makes that that really affects your point of view on on a movie. So I watched the thing during horror in review part one. Yeah, I I didn't review it, but I did watch it, and I loved it. Like I thought it was great, but like I could see why people loved it so much, but it just for me it just felt flat the first time that I watched it. Okay. I felt like it kind of dragged in some spots. Watching it the second time, I can wholeheartedly tell you that I absolutely fucking love this movie now, okay? This is one of the best horror movies ever made. Like, this is definitely in the top 10. This is definitely, like, top 25 all time for me at this point. I I absolutely love this movie. And like I said, that is why I give movies two shots because it goes from... Maybe not even my top 100 movies of all time. Not even like top 10 horror movies of all time. To now it is without a doubt in my top 25 of any genre. And I think it's very important to to make that little note there. Make that little disclaimer of just how much I love this movie. And yeah, you're probably rolling your eyes now. How does a movie jump up that high? Well, they do some things in this movie that that just really just strikes at me. It makes you feel uneasy at times. It makes you feel kind of grossed out, but you're also kind of like on the edge of your seat because you don't know when the alien's going to show up. You don't know when you're going to get scared because Carpenter does so well of playing with your expectations in this movie. And I got to say, I don't get a I don't get jump scared a lot in movies. The Conjuring is one of them that plays with your expectations so well that it gets you on, on the jump scares. And James Wan is just a fantastic horror director to begin with. I think Carpenter, like I don't I don't get jump scared with with Halloween anymore. I really don't. Because I, I've seen it so many times it just doesn't affect me any. But going on my second watch through of this, I remember getting jump scared a couple of times my first time watching this. And watching this again, it got me again. And it's like I knew something was gonna happen, but they they either drag it out or speed up when those jump scares even happen. And it just plays with your expectations just enough to, to get you. 
And I absolutely love it when horror movies can can play with your expectations and get you on a jump scare. To me, yeah, you could say, oh, you scared, you got scared like a little bitch. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. But to me, when they can get you get you to jump on a scare, uh, that is a mark of a truly, truly great horror film. Uh, another thing that I want to say is Kurt Russell's hair and beard are god tier. It's a thing of legend with this movie. Okay. I, I would put it in top five hair beard of all time in any movie. Right up there with Brad Pitt and Troy. There's no question about this. Uh, but I, on the other side of the spectrum, I, I think the movie has just aged so well. This movie came out in 1982. It doesn't look like it. Like the cinematography still looks great. And I think the one thing that they did that really helps it, really helps it to have aged well up till now is practical effects versus CGI. I will 100% of the time take practical effects over CGI. I understand that I'm looking at an alien and yes, I, I fucking know 100% that's an animatronic. I, I know those are practical effects, that that thing's not real. But just something just feels scarier when you do practical effects versus CGI. Now, when you watch this movie... There is a space scene at the very beginning, and it kind of looks like doo-doo. It really does. But you get to the actual alien portion of the movie where it has the uh, the practical effects, and it just looks vastly, vastly different. And I think it looks a lot better in that regard. And then there's some instance where it's kind of showing... Uh, you can tell it's a green screen with, with, the, uh, with the Antarctic look to it and whatnot. And those scenes don't look nearly as good. But, but to be fair, I still think that the CGI, even in the, the small cases that they use it in the movie, I think they do hold up pretty well. Uh, I mean, Mortal Kombat is the one movie that I can say that came out in the 90s, and it still looks like dog shit when it comes to the uh, the CGI. And this looks significantly better in that regard with the uh, with the CGI. Uh, I love that 80s feel throughout the movie, the costumes, the dialogue, the score. The score is absolutely fantastic. I don't know how it it won a Razzie or got nominated for a Razzie because it's so damn good. It, it's just like this. It's just this. It's like in the background, okay? It, it just, it's right there, tap on your ass, letting you know that it's there. And I, I love the score. Is it like my favorite scores of all time? No, but I, I think it does just enough to kind of heighten that suspense and kind of put you on the edge of your seat throughout the entire movie. And with all of those things, all those things that kind of give it the 80s feel throughout, it gives it this indisputable charm to the movie, even with it being a horror movie. There's something charming about the movie that I just fucking love. And then on top of that, okay, let me let me talk about the hook for the movie. So you start this movie up, the first thing that happens is you see an alien spaceship coming towards Earth. Now, the scene itself doesn't look that great because it's CGI. But then the very next scene, you see foreigners trying to shoot a husky while riding on a helicopter. Fucking sold. That, to me, hooked me right there, right then and there. Like, I want to know why they're trying to shoot a dog while in a helicopter and the dog's not getting killed. Like, I want to know these answers. And I think the hook of the movie, they just they started the movie off very, very well. And I think the pacing is done very well on top of all that. I mean, it's an hour and 49 minutes. So the movie just breezes by. 
And that's also a bad thing in terms of kind of developing some of the uh, the uh, the other characters, the side characters. I mean, obviously, Kurt Russell gets a lot of screen time, as he should. But in terms of actually making these characters three-dimensional, I do think the movie kind of suffers with that. And if I'm looking at the movie kind of unbiased, okay, if I'm looking at it from the outside in, I do think that the movie's not perfect. But when you look at it in terms of just how much I love it for what it does fantastic, I I think it is perfect in that regard. I think it sets out to kind of scare the shadow you. It sets out to be a, a different style of horror movie. And I think it 100% succeeds in that. And on top of that, the the location, the, the setting is is a character in and of itself. I mean, who doesn't feel a little bit frightened by being stranded out in the fucking Antarctic? I mean, that's scary as shit to me. So adding an alien on top of that and adding in the John Carpenter-type feels to the movie, I think this, this movie is a fucking home run. And I'm kind of pissed off at myself for not loving it more than I did the first time that I watched it. But this movie's perfect to me, even though some of the characters are not developed as well as they should be or could be in that case. But, I mean, are you here to, to watch characters be fully developed? No, I'm here to, to shit my pants, okay? I'm here to shit my pants and get scared, and that's what they fucking did in this movie. So I give this movie a 5 out of 5. I think it is a perfect horror movie. It is one of the best horror movies of all time and definitely going to reach my top 10 and uh, definitely reaching my top 25 favorite movies of all time. I, I absolutely love this movie. One little side note is I I missed out on a steelbook of this movie, which looked fucking dope, by the way. And I, uh, I have instant regrets about that because they sold out or whatever, and I cannot find a steelbook of this anywhere. But nonetheless, the movie is still fantastic, with or without a steelbook. Uh, y'all let me know what y'all think about The Thing. Drop us a comment on our Facebook or go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Leave us a comment on our Discord. Uh, and that's how you can, we can talk about The Thing and all the other movies that we have reviewed up to this point. And that concludes Horror in Review Part 3, Alien Slash Space Horror. It was a, it was a good subgenre, but out of the three... Out of the three years that we've done it, this is probably my least favorite year to do the horror movies, mainly because there's such a huge, there's such a vast difference in quality from like the top 10 movies and then the rest. There's like eight or nine really great movies and then it kind of falls off pretty, pretty hard after that. And then I'm kind of struggling just to, is this really horror? Is it really not horror? I don't know. But so that that's kind of, the big issues that we kind of run into with this with this subgenre this year. But next year, I'm hoping, I'm thinking we're going to do like psychological or uh, possession horror. That would be so fucking great. But anyways, enough of that. Guys, I appreciate you joining me for this review series and for this episode. And I will catch y'all next time on another one. Laters.